Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast. It is Friday, August 11th. And wow, what a week, or I guess two weeks it has been. Mostly concerning realignment, the ACC's attempt at, at expansion. Clemson played a major role in blocking that. As you, if you're a subscriber to Tiger Illustrated, you have read. And you've been at the forefront of a lot of these developments we, of course, are going to continue to keep our finger on the pulse of that as this soap opera continues. And, of course, also wall-to-wall coverage of Clemson's August camp in football, which is entering its seventh day today. Crazy. Time flies. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864-990-4581 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Its office is located beside the Walmart Neighborhood Market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. Okay, today we wrap up our roster of interviews with Clemson's assistant coaches, the uncut audio from the interviews that took place a few weeks ago. We finished this series with tight ends coach Kyle Richardson and safeties coach Mickey Kahn. Here we go. Hold on a second. How did that? Oh, that's right. That, that was my playlist from my workout this morning. So I'd like to start this interview with. Um, I think I offended some Clemson country music fans the last time we interviewed. I want Clemson family to know that I do listen to country music. Okay, 1993, I went to a Garth Brooks concert in 1993 at the Charlotte Coliseum that doesn't even exist anymore. All right? My good buddies, Corey Smith, a country music artist. Um, Luke Holmes. He's a George Bolt out now. That don't count. Well, I mean, he's still, he's still my guy. And, and Luke Holmes is an uh, App State guy, right? And then uh, my, my girls are trying to get me on some Morgan Wallen. And I'm on the way to the gym this morning, and Morgan Wallen was with Lil Dirt on a song. And y'all are looking at me like, who's Lil Dirt? All right, well, I need y'all to look that up, okay? So I just want to make sure, right, I want to make sure everybody understands. I like country music. I just don't prefer country music when I'm in the tight end room with, with the boys, all right? So I just wanted to get on the same page as we went into this fall. So that's a perception thing, huh? I don't want to Yeah, fall. yeah. Perception <laughs> is not reality when it comes to country music. So what we got? So I take it that, that you heard from some people after yeah, that. Yeah, I did. That yeah, happened. Yeah, what, yeah, what, how, did. Who did you hear from out there? Well, you know, my, my, first of all, my mom likes to keep up with all of y'all, all right, and, and fill me in when I don't want to be filled in. Right. So, uh, but anyway, no, it was uh, it was all fun. You have to feel really good about this room this year, considering you know, obviously you lose David Salem, but man, you've got some some depth there yeah. and some quality. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about the room. Obviously, Davis was a great player. Luke, uh, you know, contributed in ways that that we needed last year, and um, 
but but you know you move on and this room's great it's set up to be successful uh had a great offseason i mean he looks totally different it's transformed his body um and, and from everything i'm hearing from this summer he's just he's just he's had a phenomenal summer uh, and then Sage has gotten healthy and, and um, is having a great summer himself and had an awesome spring. So with both of those pieces, you got some leadership. you got some people that, that know how college football works and obviously what the standard is here at Clemson. Uh, this is year two of me being with those two guys too. So uh, you, there's more, you know, more comfortable with each other. Um, and then you got a guy like Sap who's still coming along, and then you got two young guys that just got here, Marcus Dixon and Olson Pat Henry. So uh, I'm really excited to get on the field and, and have those guys. Um, and then you got some other pieces in the room. Banks both had an unbelievable spring, and um, and and you got uh, Griffin Bad and Will Blackson in there. So it's a uh, it's eight guys I love being around, and I can't wait to get some more time with them. In the summer, you're so hands off with them, uh, and the strength staff has got them. So I'm looking forward to a few weeks here, being able to spend some more time with them and, and, and get fully locked and loaded on on football season with them. How healthy is the tight end room? Good, you know, extremely healthy right now. You know, everybody's full go. Uh, there's been no limitations. Sage had a little bit of limitations at the beginning of the summer from um, his wrist injury in the spring game. Uh, but everybody's full go now, and uh, not, nobody's been held back. In, Has anything in the changed in the strength and conditioning to keep these guys as healthy as you can? I mean, I know it's football and it's a contact sport, and you're going to have injuries. But... Yeah, not really. I mean, that, the strength staff here, uh, you know, Coach Batson and, and everyone does a great job. Um, uh, knowing, you know, when to push and when to pull back with these guys, and then obviously Pat and and um, and, and Alex do an unbelievable job in the recovery side and the preventive side of it, and and the training side of it. But a lot of it has to do with with the guys too. They have to take some accountability in their nutrition, in their rest, and um, and that's something I've really challenged this group with. And that's where I think you're seeing the change and like burning stools body for instance when you see him compared to last year at this point you're going to be like wow like like you can see the transformation but he's taking another step in his nutrition uh megan does an unbelievable job with with our nutrition staff and and they've really bought into um her plan and her ideas and, and same thing with Sage. You're going to see him and go, man, he, he looks different. Um, so the whole room is really bought in to not just, hey, I need to go work hard in the weight room, but, but and that's never been a problem. But I got to work hard in the weight room and I got to fuel my body the right way. I got to rest my body the right way. And then all of that ties into you know, staying healthy. At the end of the day, football is a contact sport. You're going to get banged up and there's going to be some injuries that nothing could have prevented. Uh, but you can you can help yourself, and, and they've done a good job of that. A couple of things that make this offense so hard to defend. Number one, presentation, what you see with the motions and shifts yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And then number two, finding the matchup. Yep. How does somebody like Jake present a little bit of a nightmare for, for opposing defenses in that regard? I think with him and his skill set, um, you can get in a bunch of different formations. You can get in a bunch of different um, – you know, concepts, whether it's pass or run, and not have to change out your personnel based off what you're trying to do in that concept. So it, it's having another wide receiver on the field, but he's a tight end, and he can go in the box and, and, and still hold up in the run game and do what you got to do in the run game. But if you're not changing out your tight end a lot and being able to set up a tendency with, hey, they only do this with, with four wide receivers in there. Uh, well, now you leave him in the game, and they can't sit there and go, well, they're only going to do this. No, the whole playbook's wide open because of his skill set. Uh, and and then the flip side of it is, is, like I said, you're not locked into a run-pass situation with a guy like him. The whole thing's available, uh, and, and you can rock and roll with it. So I think that's the hardest thing when you got a guy like him that's, that's a matchup problem. It's still being able to run your entire system without having to set up some tendencies. And, and he's, he's a big-time tendency breaker when it comes to uh, what he brings to the table. 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 235, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Does he compare to anybody? Does he kind of remind you of anybody? That, I mean, it's, he's, it's a big tight end. Yeah, he, he's – I was just telling radio, I mean, he's got a – 
a rare skill set and rare athletic ability for this position. Um, you know, they, there's not a lot of a lot of burning stools running around to go recruit. You know, um, so I'm I'm really excited about him taking the next step. Like like I said, he's done an unbelievable job taking the next step in his in the transformation of his body and committing himself to the nutrition side of it. And he's really taken off. And all that's going to do is just help him on the field. Um, continue to be matchup problems. Kyle, there's been a lot made over the years of Dabo. Brings in assistants, homegrown connections, you know, guys he's known for a while. How has Garrett fit in so far with, uh, with all the Clemson guys? Yeah, I mean, he's he's been awesome. Um, he's, he's a down-to-earth guy and um, you know, we've, we've all meshed very well together, offensive staff with him and, and you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that that you know we haven't been together for a long time. Um, you know, so it's been awesome, and, and that chemistry and that connection only helps um, with our players. And um, you know, he's a great teacher, and, and just um, coming in and, and bringing in this system. You know, I, I knew a lot of it already. Um, but, you know, I haven't been in it in the last seven or eight years. So there's tweaks and there's, you know, things that he does different. And it's been great for me uh, to learn from him. And I'd say that was the biggest thing that I've kind of taken from him is, is coming in with a new staff, him not knowing anybody, and just coming in and just going to work and teaching. You know, he taught the, the offensive staff first, and then we turned around and went and taught the players. And, um, and we've continued that this summer. You know, that hasn't stopped. Uh, we just spent all day yesterday just watching all our spring cut-ups and just talking through them. What questions do you have? Uh, is there something that you see different that I do that maybe we need to tweak? Um, so it's just been the, the collaboration has been really good. Um, so it's, it's been great. The first time that you sat down to talk football with him, did you kind of smile and go, hey, we speak the same language? Well, it's, it's funny because um, I was – you know, kind of before I met with him, I was kind of refreshing my myself because, like you said, I hadn't been in it. I was in it for 13 years, and then I haven't been in it seven or eight years. So I found a notebook that was uh, the first time I sat down with uh, Matt Mummy, Hal Son, and, and Gary Goff, who's the head coach of New State. The first time I sat down with them and, and met Hal and learned the offense, I, I found my notes. And at the top of the page, it said, uh, I think it was like February 6, 2006. Um, so, you know, the first time I met with Garrett to talk football back to this system was in February of uh, 2023. Excuse me, it was February 2003. And then uh, February 2023 is what I wrote at the top of my page as we started discussing the offense again. So it was kind of cool. It was 20 years later, you know, Certain things were still certain things 20 years later. And I also thought it was just cool, you know, February of 2003 to February 2023, uh, that's 20 years, and, and now I'm at Clemson, and, and I'm getting ready to, to jump back into this system. So it's pretty uh, pretty fun, pretty exciting. Have you seen, have, have the guys, the, the players, taken to pretty well? I mean, only at spring to yeah. really evaluate, but so far, so good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've... I've I saw in the spring, you know, just kind of a twinkle in their eye that was a little bit different, and and it's always kind of exciting when you have change, um, and and you get to learn something new and grow, and um, I think they've done a great job with it. I haven't seen them this summer, uh, but just from what I'm hearing this summer, I mean they're out there having a ball with it, and uh, it's going to be fun to get on the field with them in the fall and build off what we did in the spring. Um, but no, there's a ton of excitement in the building, uh, you know, obviously with the staff, but um, with the players, I think you got the same excitement and uh, ready to roll. I guess it shows to some on the outside, too. Dabo's not as locked in in his ways as he is. He knows what he has to do, can make change what he has to do. Yeah, you know, at, at the end of the day, he's uh, obviously he's got a, a huge job and uh, a huge commitment to this university and uh, accountable from a lot of people and putting the best product um, on and off the field. And, um, and he does an unbelievable job with that. But when you look back at it, he's no different than 
you know, what what the coaches are when they're reassessing their room at the end of the year and challenging and changing and doing whatever you need to do to, you know, take the next step. And um, at this time, he thought it was time to, to take a different route and take a, take a new path, and, and that's what he did. And it's our job as coaches to support that decision and and go full speed ahead with that decision. And then it's the job of the players to support the, you know, obviously the head coach's decision, but support the assistant coaches in that same decision and making it go. And, and that's what's happened. And, and it's uh, it, it's going to be fun come, come uh, September when we get in the valley and, and show up at Duke for the first time rolling out this new offense. Brittany, what did you... What did you challenge him with over the summer to really improve? Uh, just, you know, he had he had taken the next step with, um, you know, in January. My biggest challenge with him is taking the next step from a nutrition standpoint. Um, he's got great work ethic. Um, he kills it in the weight room. Never had a, a negative comment about him in the weight room. But you have to match other things to that work ethic on the field. You have to match other things to that work ethic in the weight room, and nutrition's a big part of that. Um, so I'm just extremely um, proud of him uh, for accepting the challenge and doing something about it, and that's what he's done. And, and, you know, he looks totally different right now than he looked you know, 365 days ago when we were having the same conversation. So um, he's got he got a big year ahead of him, and, and I'm uh, looking forward to being a part of it. Does this offense just naturally mean he gets flexed out a little, detached a little more? Uh, you know, not not really. It's uh, it's one of those situations where you know you can, um, you don't have to, but you can. Um, we do want to put our playmakers in space a little bit more, and if he's one of those playmakers, which I think he will be, yeah, you'll probably see him in space a little bit more. But the beauty of this system is, is you don't have to recreate the wheel every week. You're just mixing and matching personnel to get the best, um, you know, matchups against the defense's weakness. And if that means we need to take a tight end and flex him out more this week, when we can do that and not change our plays, not change our concepts, not change the quarterback's read. Um, and then the flip side of it, if this week or this play or this drive means he needs to be more in the box, then we'll put him more in the box and, and play football there. But and, and that goes for all our tight ends, not just not just uh, Brennan. You know, all our tight ends have to. You know, tight ends a very difficult position to play, and it's a difficult position to recruit because they have to have a skill set like a receiver, but they have to have the physicality and the mindset of an offensive lineman in the run game and protection. Um, so it, it's one of those things where you're you're out there trying to find. You know, they're, they're tough to find sometimes, especially different speakers. And, um, and that's, what, uh, that's what that room brings to the table right now. we got some different guys in there that can do some different things. We can mix and match that with the wide receiver room that we got and obviously the running back room that we got. Find our best matchups each week and try to exploit them. You haven't had a chance to work with them yet, but you two new guys come in this summer. Yep. Any returns you picked up specifically on? They look the part. I'd say that. They look the part. Uh, these are two good-looking kids. They do not look like 18-year-old, uh, freshly graduated from high school dudes. Um, but, you know, like I said, I've heard great things about them and, and the way they're still trying to, you know, they're, they're drowning a little bit right now, trying to figure out how to swim. You drop them in the into the academic side, you drop them into the weight room side. They all work out and they think they're ready. And this is any freshman coming in. They all, they beg to have a workout plan and they beg to have all this stuff. And then, and you're like, dude, you'll figure it out when you get here. Trust me. So they're still figuring out their uh, workouts uh, before they got here. is not the same as uh, working out with uh, Batson and the boys. So, but I'm, I'm very pleased with what I've heard so far. What do you have in Josh? What did you see in year one? Is he kind of learned more of those guys? He thinks he's ready. He's got to come in. He's got to get up to speed. He's, he's yep. a name. Something people are familiar with. Yep. What's realistic for him? You know, he came in his freshman year, and uh, you know, he he was a typical freshman. Had to learn how to how to be a college football player and how to train. And, um, so he went through power hour and did a really good job with power hour and um, trimmed up his body some and got stronger and 
uh, you know, for him, my challenge to him is, is to take the next step, you know. Uh, you're not a freshman anymore. In my eyes, you're not a freshman anymore. So take the next step, and the biggest part of that is taking the next step in accountability. And taking the next step in, um, you know, if you want to play, there's things that have has to happen in order to play uh, and to play at a high level and to play at somewhere like, like Clemson. Uh, so, you know, I've challenged him from a nutrition standpoint. I've challenged him from a weight room standpoint. I've challenged him from an off-the-field standpoint of, you know, do the little things. And all these things add up to big things. And um, and, and I'm excited to see what, what he's done this summer. Um, I've, heard, I've heard really good things about his summer so far. Obviously, I don't get to work with him in the summer. Uh, but he had a really good spring. And, um, and so far, I've heard he's had a really good summer. So I'm excited to work with him in the fall. But he's a big piece of this room. And, and he knows that. And, um, and I need him to, to, like I said, same thing that I was challenging Burning School with before. You know, take the next steps. And that's, that's where I am with Sap. Let's take the next steps and let's keep progressing. And let's keep moving forward. What is the ceiling for Burning School? I mean, could he be one of the best that's come through here with that position? Is that, yeah, is that I mean, the ceiling? Yeah, I mean, we've had some dudes come through here as, as tight ends. And, um, and I think he could be one of the best that, that come out of here. I mean, he's just, again, his body, his skill set, his athleticism is just is, is really not normal for a tight end. Uh, so, you know, he is he is just his mindset, his mentality, it's just like there's been a a switch that's flipped um, in in the last you know six months or so, and and I'm just really excited to get back on the field with him and and work with him and the rest of the guys. Sage has done a great job um, in, in getting ready, and, and those two guys right there are a big piece of of the puzzle and how we're going to carve things up this year um, offensively. You talk about the difficulty in recruiting a tight end because of all the physical attributes that come along with it. Um, but I imagine it's also tough because it's not always the sexiest position in the lineup. A lot of teams utilize them really more as blockers. Right. Everything we've seen and what we've heard, Garrett Riley's going to use that and really open up the floodgates for your position group. Has that created a spark, uh, I, renewed excitement with your guys? What's it been like for them to dive in on this playbook? Yeah, I think regardless of what position you're talking about, this system is just a really fun system to play in as a skilled guy. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's exciting. So I think whether if you ask that same question to the running back room, you probably get the same response in the receiver room. It's like, yeah, fun has been the word. Right. It's, it's fun. It's exciting. Uh, you're not bogged down mentally, having to think a lot before the ball snap, which allows you to just go play and play free, which is what these guys want to do. Um, so from a standpoint of the tight end room, you know, they're really excited about the change, and they're, they're really excited and did a great job this spring in the change. Uh, but they also know we're still going to run the football, and we still have to bring that physical mindset to the run game and make just as big a difference in the run game as we do in the passing game And because they both play off each other. And the better we are in the run game, more opportunities you'll get in the pass game because now they got to commit more defenders to the run and vice versa. Um, so they know they're not just going to be out there being, you know, pass catching tight ends, and that's all they do. Right? They've, they've got to still be a dominant force in the box and out of the box. But there is some, some probably a little bit more flexed out, a little bit more in space that comes with this offense for this group. Uh, so I can dangle that carrot a little bit more than than, uh, than I usually have. Are they built for it? Is this group capable? You know, because if you're recruiting tight ends and taking the talent for the old system, is it how capable is this group yeah. of owning this narrative and being able to do that? Yeah, I mean, this is an athletic group. So most of these guys in the room, you know, either – you know, was a big wide receiver in high school that, that never came in the box because that's usually what, what happens in high school. You don't play with a lot of, a lot of, you don't play with a true tight end if you play with one. 
so for me, a lot of times I'm 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 recruiting wide receivers. I'm just recruiting wide receivers that are not elite college wide receivers, but they could be elite tight ends. So the athleticism for this group is there. I mean, Sage was a quarterback in high school. Uh, you know, Brenny was receiver, defensive end. I mean, he kind of played a little bit of all of it. Sap, you could put anywhere, you know, on the field. And then, um, you know, Marcus was, was a wide receiver, a little bit in the box, but a free safety. And then Olsen was just a matchup problem no matter where you put him, but he mostly played outside wide receiver. And if you look at some of the top tight ends in the country year in, year out, if you really dive into uh, to their backgrounds, most of them are just overgrown wide receivers in high school that are going to be tight ends and, and elite tight ends. But, yeah, our athletic ability, our skill sets, like no no issues in this offense. Is it as much like physicality and like football IQ? Because you mentioned a lot of guys that played other positions that maybe did other things. Is that Does it just come down to that IQ and ability to really understand maybe more so than some other positions what everybody is doing? Yeah, it's not necessarily – from me, I'm, it's hard to judge football IQ when you're recruiting somebody, um, you don't get a lot you're of. You're not giving them a wonderlick test. Yeah, no, and and, and even that. And, and I don't need to take the wonderlick test on top of that. Okay, but um, it, it's more when I look at it. Can they be physical? Like if they're playing a wide receiver position in high school. Now my question is: is can they be physical enough to play tight end at this level? And sometimes you find that out because they play another position. So like. Jake was, I mean, he was a dog at, at home defense and super physical. And then like Marcus, for instance. Marcus is free safety. He was a hard-hitting free safety, physical. Um, so so you got to find some ways to, to kind of see that, figure that out. Um, football IQ, you know, you get them here. You're going to teach them your system anyway. So it's about how much football IQ can they have within our system. And then piece together some of the defensive football IQ parts of it. But it's the the IQ part is more about how smart can we make them in our system because at the end of the day that's what we're running. So them not afraid to put their hands on someone. Correct. Yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's exactly right. We got to put our hands on people, and we got to be very physical. Uh, we got two two. Uh, speaking of football IQ and physical, we got two signs, and it's above the doors as they walk out of the tight end room. And those two signs says, be the most physical on the field, be the most knowledgeable on the field. And that's the challenge to them every single day that they walk out of that meeting room and go to practice. And then I remind them of that in the locker room before we walk out of the locker room uh, for game day. Be the most physical on the field, be the most knowledgeable on the field. We do those two things, you got a chance to be successful on that day. I wanted to 2022 recruiting spending, Georgia was one of three million. Y'all were right under about two and a half. When you hear that number, what does that tell you about, I guess, the investment? The program, how that helps y'all. Give that number context. What does that mean to you? Now, tell me what that is again. Like, uh, money spent on recruiting, okay. football specific. Okay. Georgia number one, Clemson number two, I guess. But what does that yeah. tell you about the investment? And I guess, how does that help y'all get to where you want to be in the state? Yeah, you know, you got to, you know, in this business, it's a business. And we're out, um, you know, you go across the street and they're trying to sell tickets uh, in that stadium. And they're going to sell tickets in that stadium based off the product that's being put on the field. So then you come over in this building, how can we put the best product on the field? And there's multiple pieces to that. But the biggest piece is that is you better have better Jimmys and Joes than the team that you're playing. And in order to have better Jimmys and Joes, you got to spend some money in the recruiting side of it. And, um, and I think you, you know, is money going to get you the best recruiting class? No. Uh, but at the end of the day, Clemson is a national brand, and we go to all 50 states, you know, if we have to, to find the best players that are not only the best players, but the best fits for Clemson because we're different. We're different on and off the field. So when we're recruiting, we're recruiting for a Clemson fit, not just a football fit. And we'll go wherever we need to go to, to find that fit. So uh, you got to have some money to do that. Yeah. Having been in the high school ranks for so long, what was it like? I think you mentioned last year just your schedule was so different, right? As an yeah. on-field assistant coach, what's it been like crisscrossing yeah. the country to find guys and kind of work? Yeah. You know, the, the work's the work. And, 
there's there's time periods in college football where it's super busy and in high school it's not and then you flip it and in high school it's super busy and in college it's not so I mean we get as as assistants we get about a month off in the summer uh, in college um, in high school I mean they're grinding you know from they went from spring ball right into summer break grind uh, so they don't you know as a high school coach you don't get a summer break you go to work every single day and you're not working all day but you're going to work every single day and and then that carries you right into your fall camp and right into your season uh, so it just depends on where you're at there's no difference same thing in the NFL you know there's no difference in the work grind it's just when is it and when, and when are the seasons of it between the between the months of, of a 12-month calendar the other offensive coaches about you know it's going to come down to just putting the best dude on the field we talk about the influx of the use of the tight end and I you know I was asking does that make the wide receivers nervous that that could mean less touches for them but you know everybody's kind of been on the same page it's going to come down to put the best dude and you're going to earn those reps what's that mentality like those conversations like as you guys talk to your guys and coach them up about creating these opportunities for themselves yeah you know life's all about competition and you know we all go uh compete for a a job maybe and one person gets it another person don't or you, you know both people get the jobs and one person's got more jobs than the other whatever um but at the end of the day, our job as coaches is to highlight strengths and hide weaknesses. And based off the play call, based off the, the defensive personnel, based off the, the week's game plan, that's going to change every week. Um, so there's going to be some times where, you know, there may be four receivers on the field and the tight ends may be standing on the sideline watching that play, and that's okay. Right? Because the flip side of it is there may be a situation where we got two tight ends on the field and there's only two receivers out there. But at the end of the day, we got to win the play. we got to win the drive. we got to win the game. And that's the mindset that you have to instill in every room. It's about winning the game. It's about winning the drive. It's about winning the play. That's first and foremost. Uh, because we've all been in those locker rooms where the game's over and you've lost. And you're not sitting there thinking about, well, I wasn't in there for three of those plays. You're sitting there feeling the effects of losing the football game and then having to deal with everything that comes with that outside of that locker room. Um, so is it easy? No. Is it perfect? No. But if you can instill that into them and that belief into them that this is the best thing right now, it's not forever, but just for right now, and then you believe in it and you go push it too, and uh, and, and you'll be all right. But you're always going to have some tight ends upset, some receivers upset. It is what it is. That's just part of part of coaching those college, two positions. College kids. Yeah. Thank High you school so kids much. too. Yeah, that's true. Thank you so much. You're all done. Good. All right, yeah. perfect. Thank y'all. Absolutely thrilled to have Willie Taco joining the Dubcast as a sponsor. The company that also owns the great freight yard and flock shop in Spartanburg is run by Clemson People, and they have five locations for Willie Taco and its splendid brand of Fresh Fusion. Quick testimonial here. Recently took a party of 10 to the Easley location of Willie Taco. First time there for everybody in the group. Everything, the service, the cocktails, the food was just exceptional. Folks, this does not happen by accident. They do an amazing job across the board. The Easley location of Willie Taco is planning an event with PJ Hall, so stay tuned for that. Easley address 5051 Calhoun Memorial Highway. The website is willytaco.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parham Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre 
Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experienced team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Same question I asked Mike Reed. You've got some functional quality depth back there this year. What are your thoughts on the depth situation you know, that you have? I love the experience that we had. You know, last year coming into this thing, you know, basically replacing the whole back seven. You know, now we've got a lot of returners, you know, from the linebacker position to the safety position to the corner position that, you know, experience is, experience is, is key. It comes to playing defense, understanding formations, understanding uh, understanding the calls, where I'm, my alignment is and what to do uh, makes a huge difference uh, in the grand scheme of things defensively, and we've got that. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the experience, and I'm excited about the younger players that we got behind them that we're building depth with that uh, they can really play as well, that can add to that depth. Because, I mean, a 15-game season, that's a long season. we got to have we got to have everybody, you know, growing and getting better every week. But having it to start with, it's, it's a big deal. Do you feel like you've got three or four starters back there with, with Coop, Mickens, Tyler, and, and Jalen? Absolutely. All of them have started, and uh, all of them will start. You know, I mean, it's you – know, they're and, – and, and, you know, I – Iron sharpens iron, so I mean, what, what we do in practice and what they do in the game will dictate their playing time. And these guys understand that the guy right behind them, you know, can can take their spot real quick. So, you know, with that being said, these guys also are, are extremely good team players, and they're gonna pull for each other. And, and uh, as we build that depth and build that start unit. How do you get Sherrod Coble more into the mix? He's going to fit right in. I mean, he, you know, the biggest thing with him was really just learning the defense. Extremely athletic, can run, he's physical, can hit. So, uh, I mean, he's going, he's going to play a lot this year. You know, he's earned it, uh, earned it with what he's done in the spring and then uh, what he's done this summer in the weight room, getting his body right. So, he's going to help us. Same thing you saw. I mean, he was amazing in the spring. You know, you saw I saw playmaker. You know, if you go back and you watch that spring game, he had a huge PBU, huge hit, and then a game-winning interception. You know, to win the game. So I see it. Sky's the limit for him. Uh, you know, high school, he played both ways, but most of us just used to play man-to-man on the best wide receiver that the other team had. So for me, coming in, it was okay. Can he understand defense, understand scheme and how it works? And answer to that is yes. You know, he was coached very well by Tyler Arn and North Oconee, and uh, he came he came right in. He was ready to play. I think the thing I like about Khalil is his eagerness to learn. You know, just getting in the film room and, and really learning the defense and what to do. And uh, but he can run, change direction, and he's physical. He's 200-pound safety. They can play the nickel safety. I mean, he can he can do a lot. How big is it going to be for Andrew this year to just focus on being a safety? I think it's going to be great for Andrew. You know, I think we probably put too much on him last year. Not to mention he just dealt with injury uh, after injury. Uh, you know, had an awkward fall in in a scout team drill where he dislocated his elbow and had to wear that that elbow guard, the whole, that elbow brace the whole season. I mean, you know, when you're trying to play man-to-man on guys, that, that's a big hindrance. And I think it affected his confidence. And then coming back into spring, uh, you know, playing one, one position mainly really helped him to focus in on that, what to do, and the ins and outs of that position. I think it's going to be big to answer the question. Jalen's a guy that really a lot of people didn't know about heading into last year. What do you see as the, the big key for him to take even another step forward this year? You know, I, steady is the, steady wins the race. I mean, that's kind of been Jalen's story. And he is a true Clemson man. 
in, in this crazy world, college football world that we live in, you know, this kid is about the right stuff. And, you know, really his first year, you know, he started some games the year before, but really his first year to be the guy. And uh, I think his, his confidence level and experience level is really going to shine. He's going to have a big year, uh, a breakout year. Uh, this year just because of who he is and the work ethic and the experience that he's had going into this season. I'm excited for him. I'm sorry. Kind of like that with RJ. The guy who probably if he's anywhere else he's starting maybe All-American candidate and he stayed in Clemson. Is that about his character and how he wants to get better and stay here? Well, number one, RJ, he's, you know, unbelievable player, unbelievable character like you said, but he's a playmaker. And when he's in the game, you know, things happen. You know, he makes he makes interceptions. He's just always around the ball. So, you know, he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be a starter. He'll be in that he'll be in that starting rotation, just like he was last year. I mean he started seven games last year. There were two games he was unavailable that he couldn't start. But uh, you know, he he's he started a lot of games here uh, for Clemson. If you go back two years ago, um, we got on the bus. Tyler uh, got sick and couldn't go to the Louisville game. And RJ ends up having to start that game at the dime position. And if you go back to the goal line, uh, the goal line stand that we had, he made three of the four plays on the goal line. That's just a winner and a playmaker. And, you know, getting him, having him on the field, man, I, just, I have an extreme comfort level with him. And the thing about RJ, he's really, really smart. He could play anywhere, uh, anywhere. He could play both linebackers, both safeties, and the nickel. I mean, he's he's extremely intelligent. He just has a great feel for the game. But for his offseason, you know, the biggest thing for him was to improve on, on speed and change of direction. He's done that, man. He is running really well right now. So, you know, I'm excited. That's going to help him with his man-to-man and, and that sort of thing. Love that guy. You, you talked about this crazy world of college football. How much harder, and, and, and you guys are about the right things, how much harder is it to find those guys who are about the right things when, you know, there's so much made of, well, you can get this in NIL and you can do this here and you can, you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. Y'all probably, y- y'all probably know the stats better than I do, but how many high school football players are there out there in the world? There's a, t- there's a ton of high school kids that can play football. And a lot of these guys that go to the 247 or rival camps, they go to these things, and a lot of people don't go. And those that don't go, are the ones that, that we got to dig and watch film and we got to find. And the ones that do go, you know, we got to cipher through the ones that buy into the hype and the ones that don't. You know, and that's what makes a great Clemson uh, a great Clemson player. So, I mean, you know, you take a guy like Isaiah Simmons, a guy like Kayvon Wallace that we didn't even know about until January uh, of their senior year coming out. And look what they look what they did here. Look what they're doing at the next level. You know, a guy like Nolan Turner. I mean, there's there's a lot of football players out there, and we have to be, you know, we have to be extremely picky and choosy with with who we get and who we take. And, you know, their family dynamic, their personality, and who they are, and what their high school coach says about them, uh, it means a great deal to us at Clemson. And that's how, you know, that's how we get the Jalen Phillips of the world or the R.J. Mickens of the world or the Andrew McCubas and, and, and those guys. You know, Khalil Barnes, you know, here's a guy that, uh, that he, he wasn't on a whole lot of people's radar until we offered him. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with the high school coach. Because I know the high school coach because he was one of my assistants. But, you know, you've got, you got to make those relationships and develop those relationships with the high school coach, you know, so that you can get the nuts and bolts and, and get the truth on these players. You know, so that you don't get just a great athlete, but you get the whole player. Does it make it, does it make it harder in this world when you see maybe some other programs saying, well, we're taking these three five stars? And yet, maybe they wouldn't fit in here at Clemson. 
Yeah, I think it's the tortoise and the hare. I mean, you know, steady wins the race. And those guys that are those guys that are steady and are about the right things, those are the ones that's going to win for you in the long run. The short term, the short term don't don't equal the long term. And it is, you know, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 talks about let us run the race with endurance. And that's, you know, it's a, it's football is a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint. And sometimes it's the sprint's easy sometimes. But you gotta if you wanna win and you wanna have a successful program like like Nabo has built here, then you gotta be for the long term and you gotta get the right people and you got that's why that's why we don't offer until guys are into their junior year. Because we want the right people and the right fit. We want a guy that's willing to come to camp and prove himself. You know, that's that's important. Tyler Venables, after the Orange Bowl, I asked him, you know, when he dealt with a lot of injuries, I said, are you coming back? And he kind of looked at me and said, what else am I going to do? What's it like <laughs> to have a football lifer, a coach back there for you? I love it. You know, we talk about football players being, having a dog mentality. I mean, that's who Tyler Venables is. I mean, he's got a dog-like mentality. He brings intensity, uh, just like his dad. I mean, he brings that same intensity to the meeting room, to the practice field. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to say, you know, whoa instead of go with him, just to, you know, just to get him to calm down a little bit. But he is, uh, but I love it. I love it. I love having him, and I love the fact, you know, I love the way he is working with our young players, and coaching those guys up on on what they need to do, where they need to be. You know, it helps really all with the, the experience I got with Tyler, RJ, Kuba, and Jalen. I mean, they all four of those guys have been have been coaches on the field and in the meeting. It's been, been really good. Well, I missed the beginning, so something. What are some of the points of emphasis over the summer that you're trying to take into the fall with you guys on the back end? Um, I think the always the biggest thing is to learn the defense. You know, uh, study the opponent. I think uh, study our let's go all the way back to the spring. Let's start right there and let's look at you know what we did well and what we need to improve on. Let's go back to last season and the things that we need to improve on. Let's take those weaknesses and make them our strengths. And then whether it be something like you know pass plays over 20 yards or red zone, is there a metric that you're going to really hope to see um, show up that means you guys are playing well? Well, I think you know the bottom line is, is to keep them out of the end zone. So. Preventing, the, preventing those big plays because that makes a huge difference. Preventing those big plays, improving on our technique, uh, it's huge. And, and each week, you know, I, and I, I wouldn't put necessarily a number on it. I don't know how many plays will be out there on the field, but, but to keep it to a minimal, you know, it's, it's huge. And to improve our pass defense is, you know, is a big metric we got to do that starts with us as safeties, making the calls, getting everybody in the right place. I think that's the biggest thing. And then making competitive plays on the ball. If the ball's in the air, we need to make plays on it. And then the spring game, look like the, you guys are having maybe the most fun of the spring game. Um, what's the significance of making sure your guys are having fun playing the game? Well, I think confidence is the biggest thing. You know, bringing that arrogance and bringing that confidence to the field. You got to have a short, short-term memory back there as a safety, as a DB, and, and you got to go to the next play. You know, there's going to be times where maybe you do give up a pass. And, hey, Fido, forget it and drive on. Let's go. Let's move on to the next play and let's make a play. Let's find a way to make a play. Let's find a way to win the game. And that's what Khalil Barnes did. You know, he goes in the spring game. They needed to play with two minutes to go in the ball game, and he gets a pick six uh, to win the game. You know, and those are the things. That's the mindset that I want those safeties to play with, that kind of arrogance, that kind of confidence. You know, uh, kind of like a shortstop or an infielder or you know, however in baseball, I, I want the ball hit to me. I want the ball thrown to my guy so that I can make the play to win the game. That's how we've got to think. And it's my job as a coach to make them think that way. Confidence shaking a little bit. Last, I think so. Last three games. I mean, I, and do they come to the spring with a different mentality, more willingness to listen and learn? I, I do. I think so. And I think as a coach, I had to do a lot of improvement, come up with some new techniques, you know, to help. So, spent a lot of time this off season 
you know, really grinding and finding out what other people are doing, you know, technique-wise to help our guys to gain that confidence. And I saw I saw great improvements when we installed some of those techniques for the guys. I saw them playing a lot better with their man coverage, a lot better in their zones with their eyes, you know, really, uh, really honing in on their skills. So um, hopefully that will carry over. But, but definitely. Where do you want to see him take a next step? Where would you like to see him I think it's I think it's confidence with him. You know, he's got all the skill in the world. He's got to trust his ability and uh, and, and just have that confidence that hey, I can do this. The same confidence he had as a freshman when he didn't have anything to lose. You know, it's a little different. You know, when you're no when, when nobody knows about you and you're just going out there free to where the weight of the world is on your shoulders and we're talking about playing your corner. We're talking about playing at safety, nickel, dime, and all these things. And he, I think he felt the weight of the world on his shoulders. And, uh, you know, we're going to take that weight off of him. And I think guys like RJ and JP and, and Nate Wiggins, Sheridan Jones, and those guys, you know, are a big help because now he can focus in on what he needs to do in his position and get really good at what he needs to do. Confidence is the biggest thing for him. And I saw – uh, a lot of growth in that this spring. Tell me about Tyler Benjamin. What you've seen from him. Just how different last year was for him adjusting to a lot of things that weren't necessarily related to football, whether it was family issues or injury issues and different things. Just kind of keeping him getting him back. Yeah, I think it's he's had a great, you know, he's had a great offseason. But, uh, you know, that's pretty stressful when your whole family moves away, your dad all of a sudden he goes from being your coach to being the head coach of Oklahoma and you're, you're staying here. I think you know, I think that's a you know, your mom goes goes to Oklahoma, two sisters. Now his brother did stay so so he had some continuity uh, with his brother Jake, but uh, you know he he's a winner in every sense of the word and you know he's got a lot of fire in him and I uh, really love that kid. He's been through a lot of adversity, but, you know, at the same time, God gives us mountaintop experiences. He gives us valleys that we have to walk through and, and come out of. And, and uh, you know, he's been, been through more valleys than mountaintop experiences. But his work ethic, man, he's going to come out on top because mentally he's, he's ready for the grind, and, and he's been able to overcome a lot of obstacles. What's it like having your son around the program? Watching Dabo Yeah, I'm excited for Brody. You know, he's 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 come in now. He's had to deal with some injuries as well. He had two shoulder surgeries, and uh, we're really focusing this year on on punting and, and long snapping. Uh, but just having him around is awesome. You know, I just I just love seeing him. He had a 4.0, and, and you know, his academics has been has been great. He just works really, really hard. And, you know, it's hard for a walk-on kid, especially one in two sports that's having to, having to try trying to do both. You know, but you know, with adversity, you know, comes triumph at the end if you work through it. And uh, just enjoying watching him, watching him walk through it. Working with Wes, in what ways have you seen him grow ahead of year number two? Say, say it again. Working with Wes Goodwin, in what ways have you seen him grow ahead of year two? Well, I think I think with Wes, I think experience. You're talking about a guy who had not even been a position coach, and now all of a sudden he's calling the plays. He's having to uh, he's having to deal with guys, you know, within his staff that are all older than him. And uh, I think he's done great. I think he's done great. I think he's matured. Quite a bit as a uh, as a leader uh, with our defense. I think he's gotten a lot more confidence with experience. Just like the players, I mean, we replaced a whole back seven last year. There's nothing like experience. And now he's got a year under his belt, calling the plays. <clears throat> he's you know he's gone back and man, that was a dumb call or man, that was a good call. He's been able to uh, self evaluate himself. So um, that's always good when you get that experience. Tinkle start out with Mike. Uh, Tinkle start out with Mike. Okay. You've got four established guys behind you. You've got Shrod, Tyler, and Leo. What you saw in him, uh, in the spring, it's like you got some competition there for kind of the next 
guys. I think those guys are very fortunate, you know, to have guys in front of them to see what it looks like because in this day and age, you know, people are, people are leaving so quick when they don't get their way. And it speaks a lot of them staying on and really growing and buying into the Clemson program and, and maturing. But let's start with Sherrod. You know, here's a guy that has, you know, he has all the athletic talent in the world. He can run, change direction, he's physical. Just really needed to learn the defense. You know, when you get to this level, we do so many different things. We don't just run cover two, cover three, and cover zero. You know, there's just a lot of elements involved in it. And uh, he has grown and learned. So I'm expecting big strides from him this year. Colin Griffin, extremely intelligent. Man, he's a student of the game. He's he's like an R.J. Mickens who can play multiple things back there. Mentally, he gets it and understands it. And, and physically, he's, he's got the tools. And then Will Barnes, man, I just love his confidence and his, the way he plays. And you saw him this spring. Man, you saw in that spring game at PBU, you saw a PFL, you saw a big hit, you saw an interception to win the game. I mean, you see, you see the, the makings of a star, you know, right there with him. You know, what y'all don't see is what he did in the film room to learn and do all those things, which, which is what makes a Clemson defender so good. You know, those guys, because we do so much, it is, we also multiple defensively. You know, if you don't study, you're, you're going to be way behind. He's a guy that came in in the spring. You know, these guys, they sacrificed their senior year. But, uh, you know, it, it made a big difference for him because he, he came in and took advantage of that time. So I'm looking for big, for big things from him. Webb, Webb, yeah, yeah. So Colin Webb, he came in. He, you know, he came in and had to have surgery immediately on his wrist. He didn't. He didn't even get to play his senior year. So he still got a lot of growth to go. But I mean, you're talking about long and rangy and can run and is physical and is willing. I mean, he's a guy that is extremely willing and can really run and go make plays. You know, he just needs to get more experience. And then Rob Billings, he just showed up a month ago. So, you know, and one guy we hadn't really talked about is Bubba McAtee. I think, you know, he's a guy that he's six foot three safety. Hunt, hit, you know, he's a, he's a walk-on football player. He's really good. He's, he's a really good player. And he's a guy that, you know, can help us uh, at depth help us on special teams. Is there, you talk about Makuba and the confidence and everything, is there, when he reports and he got the, the way in, is there some, what did you guys want him to do with his body, I guess? The well, the big thing was to gain weight. I wanted him 190 plus. I'm trying to get the 195 weight, big weigh-in day. Right now he's 192, 193. So, so he's close because naturally you're going to lose some weight when we come into the summer. He needs to keep his weight above 190. You know, pounding you taking this lead. You know, having a guy like having the depth that we have helps. So you don't have to play every play and, and beat him to death. But, but having that weight <clears throat> definitely going to help him. Talking to some of the other coaches up there, they did some professional development this spring. Oh yeah, we all we all met with different coaches from different places, been on the phone with different coaches from different places and and podcasts, just watching things, uh, you know, just watching speakers and learning and growing. You know, we're, we're no different than the players, man. We gotta learn and we gotta grow and we gotta keep keep with the times and the new techniques and the things that that's out there. We gotta we gotta stay sharp as coaches and doing our professional development. Problem for me is it's always like the story behind the stories or anything that we haven't asked that has happened over the summer on the recruiting program in spring. You know, a story that you like, man, if everybody just knew this. Well, I think I hadn't asked me this, but I think that the I think the off season uh, is the most important. It's the most important thing for a football team and the weight room and what Coach Batson and his crew, uh, D Love and those guys. Coach Greenley, man, they've been they've been phenomenal in the way with these guys. But the kids have to buy into it. And 
And I think the, uh, you know, you probably hear Coach talk about it during his session, accountability has been the biggest improvement. Guys being accountable in the weight room, uh, being accountable in the classroom, uh, all those things make a difference in the long run. You know, you're talking about character. It's all those little things that make a difference and, and the big in the big picture. And I think that's, I think that's been – the biggest difference, man. The way they've come. Man, these guys get up early in the morning to get these workouts in so they can catch their early morning classes. I mean, and I'm talking since January to now. These guys have been working with hotels. There's not been there's not been any distractions really. It's been focused on what they got to do to get better. And I, to me, that's you know being an old high school coach. You know that's where you got to develop those guys in that way. Say live modern, train old. I think that's our mantra here. That's kind of that's what I've said. Okay, good stuff there. Starting next week, we're going to get back to our normal routine of actually sitting down with people and interviewing them one on one. Looking forward to that. Appreciate the support of all of our sponsors for help make this happen, and of course, great appreciation to every one of you for listening to this. I think we're going on our five-year anniversary right about now. Getting close to it. Started in 2018, I believe. Been a ton of fun. Okay, everybody be safe. Cheers.